This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, your host of the LJS Podcast, and today is episode 26, which you know what that means. That's our half-year birthday of the LJS Podcast. So we're super excited that uh, this podcast has made it this far, and we're super appreciative of everyone who has been listening to this podcast, following this podcast, interacting with this podcast, and we especially want to thank all of our supporters so far for helping us fund the production of this LJS podcast and keeping it going. And if you want to help continue supporting this show, uh, if you're on the website, you can click the support button below and leave us a one-time monthly or annual donation, or you can go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. Your your help, your support really helps keep the show going. Uh, We have a lot of awesome rewards for supporting uh, the podcast and uh, learnjazzstandards.com as well there. So please Go ahead and check that out. Now, um, for 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 half birthday episode, for for episode twenty six, we're actually starting a series of of what I call jazz challenges. Now, the reason that we're doing this series of jazz challenges is because in October two thousand sixteen, just in case you're listening from the future, we are launching our very first e-course called 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. And what 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is, is it's essentially 30 days of focused, structured, goal-oriented practicing. You know, the number one question I normally get from from listeners of the podcast, from uh, viewers of the blog is, you know, how do I practice? You know, I know there's, there's so much information out there, but how do I actually uh, structure my practicing and how do I know exactly what to practice? And basically 30 days to better jazz playing answers all of those questions. It, uh, it's led by me, uh, via audio. So it's an audio course, uh, with some handouts and with some, uh, text to help follow along. And I basically walk you through these 30 days and give you things to practice during these 30 days that build upon each other and help us get to an ultimate goal and and practice things that really actually will help your jazz playing. And if you want to learn more about the 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing e-course, if you're on the website, you'll find a link in the show notes. It goes to a page that describes the course in fuller detail, and it also allows you to sign up to get notified when the course is out. We're only allowing the first 30 people who uh, purchase the course uh, when it gets released. And you can only get uh, notified about the release of the course by signing up for the notification list there. So uh, if you're not on the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com. In the top menu, click podcast and then find today's episode 26 and you'll find that link in the show notes. So in honor of this of this course, of us launching this course in October 2016, I want to introduce some jazz challenges to you that will that will kind of help help you actually take action to some things 
to actually build your jazz playing. You know, some things that that you can actually accomplish today or this week that I that I guarantee you is going to help your jazz playing. And that's exactly what we were doing in this 30 days to better jazz playing course. So I want to start introducing some ideas or some some things in order to to help you understand what this is all about. So, um, let's dive in to our first jazz challenge of this series. All right, so for our first jazz challenge of this four-part jazz challenge series, we're going to have four different jazz challenges uh, in this series. So this is just the first one, so stay tuned for the rest. But for our very first jazz challenge of this series, the challenge is for you to write your own contrafact, okay? You're going to write your own contrafact. Now, in case you don't know what a contrafact is, some of you probably know already and and probably some of you don't know. So a contrafact in jazz is a composition that borrows the chord progression of an existing composition or it borrows from a common harmonic structure. Okay, so uh, a jazz standard, for example, uh, a a common one would be all the things you are, right? Um, So if you have the chord changes to all the things you are and you put your own melody over top of that, you get rid of the melody to all the things you are, and you put your own melody over top of that, that is a contrafact. So essentially, you are creating a brand new original piece, but you're borrowing the chord changes from all the things you are, and that is a contrafact. Um, One of the greatest examples of contrafacts is rhythm changes, the song form rhythm changes. Where, Where do we get the term rhythm changes from? Well, basically, it's just the chord progression to George Gershwin's composition, I Got Rhythm. Um, so maybe you knew that, maybe you didn't. That's where the term rhythm changes comes from. Uh, we have to talk about how rhythm changes in the blues are kind of the most common song forms in jazz. And so that's where rhythm changes comes from. And Charlie Parker, of course, the great bebopper we all know and love and who influenced much of what we have in jazz today, he wrote a lot of contrafacts. In fact, most of what he wrote was contrafacts. And he definitely used George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm a lot. Uh, Anthropology is one of his songs that he, uh, one of his melodies over top of I Got Rhythm. Uh, He also wrote over different jazz standards too, like Ornithology. Ornithology is essentially a contrafact to How High the Moon, okay? Uh, Another common rhythm changes is Olio. Olio is uh, a contrafact over I Got Rhythm, Um Impressions by John Coltrane. That is really just a contrafact over Miles Davis's So What, right? From Kind of Blue, just those two chord changes. Well, John Coltrane took those two chord changes, which is D minor 7 and E flat minor 7, and wrote his own melody over top of that. So Impressions is a contrafact to So What. Uh, Thelonious Monk's Evidence. You ever heard that song before? That's a contrafact to the, the popular tune Broadway standard just you just me okay uh, that's a that's a contrafact now a lot of people actually don't know that because uh, evidence is kind of a unique song very rhythmic very uh, monkish if you will um, but yeah he's really just taking the chord changes to just you just me and he wrote his own uh, melody and in rhythmic structure over that tune um, 
Let's see. On a Misty Night by Tad Dameron. That is a uh, contrafact to September in the Rain. Okay. Just took those chord changes to September in the Rain, wrote a melody over top of it. Uh, Hot House. Uh, that is a contrafact over what is this thing called Love. Uses the exact same chord changes. Uh, Dexter Gordon, he wrote a song called Fried Bananas. Have you ever heard of that? If not, look that up. Um, it's a contrafact over the very popular jazz standard, It Could Happen to You. Just wrote his own melody over top of those chord changes. And that's a great thing for jazz musicians to do. Let me go into uh, maybe some reasons why writing a contrafact uh, is good to do. I, I always really think it's important for me to explain why you should do things. Uh, you know, for me personally, uh, it bothers me when people tell me to do something, but I don't really know why I'm doing it. So I think it's really important that you understand how writing a contrafact this week can really help improve your jazz playing. Um, so one of the first things has to do with composition. Uh, it helps your composition skills by restricting you to a given chord progression, right? When we when we when we're composing music. We have that freedom just to write whatever we would like. We can put whatever chord changes we'd like uh, in there, and, and we can write a melody off of those things. Well, it can actually be quite a challenge, actually, to uh, put some stipulations on yourself and say, well, I have to work in, in this given framework. And so in this case, picking a jazz standard and saying, okay, I got to stick with the chord progression, that actually helps exercise those skills. And, and to tag on to that, another reason this is helpful is it helps your creativity by forcing you to like reimagine that song that you already know. Uh, I actually find it really difficult when you're writing a contrafact. You already have that song so ingrained in your head. You know, if it's all the things you are, again, I'm using that as an example, you just you really know that melody. It just kind of sticks out to you. So to try to reimagine the melody on that can can be a little tricky. I mean, it can be a little hard to just separate that from from being part of the song and being creative and putting your own musical touch to that chord progression. Uh, another thing that it does is it helps you to think melodically. As jazz musicians, as improvisers, we want to be thinking melodically. We don't want to be thinking about scales. We don't want to be thinking, uh, be stuck in theory. That stuff helps you to learn your instrument, helps you to conceptualize some ideas in the practice room. But at the end of the day, we want to be creating melodies when we're improvising, right? So this kind of forces you to think melodically, okay? Think melodically and you, you, you figure out a melody that you really love. And in addition to that, it helps you actually internalize your own music, internalize your own sounds, okay? The music that you're writing, that's coming straight from you. So therefore, that's the music that gives you the most potential. You have the most potential in what you're actually writing down, you're actually expressing, okay? So that's why it's really helpful. It can also help your notation skills. Um, it's important that you actually write down your song. It's one thing, of course, you can just you know, play it by ear and mem memorize it and write it and not uh, write it in your head and express it on your instrument and never write it down. But I think it's important when you're doing this exercise to actually write down and notate your contrafact. Um, you may be a beginner uh, with notation or you may be have been doing it for a long time. Either way, I find every time I notate things, I learn something new. So definitely write this down and I encourage you to do that. And uh, it's okay if you're a beginner, you'll just keep growing. And that's really what jazz is all about is, is just doing it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about doing it and trial and error and learning from your mistakes. So, so writing a contrafact, uh, it's, it's a great thing to do a great challenge to do. Now I wrote a contract, you know, I'm not going to just give you a challenge and not actually do it myself. So I actually wrote uh, a contravact um, over the 
a jazz standard, it could happen to you. Now, um, I wrote a bebop-style contrafact, so very much so in the style of Charlie Parker, uh, more of bebop language, um, less so about a, a simplistic melody. Now, I would encourage you that you don't have to write a bebop contrafact like I did. You can write um, a very simple melody to these songs. In fact, um, you know, to be honest with you, sometimes that can be even more challenging than what I did, writing a bebop contrafact. That just happens to be what I wanted to express um, over that particular song. So I'm going to go ahead and let you listen to my contrafact. I just called it Bebop Contrafact for now. I don't have a name for it. Um, if you're on the website, I have the notation out for that. So you can take a look at the notation for my Bebop Contrafact over It Could Happen to You. But here it is. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> Okay, so that's my Bebop Contrafact. If you take a look at the notation that I provided for you in the show notes, again, if you're not on the website, go to learnjazzstandards.com. You can go to podcast and go to episode 26 to see this notation. If you go ahead and look at the song, you'll you'll see it is indeed the chord changes to It Could Happen to You. And notice that I have my main theme in the first eight bars. That's kind of my main theme of the song. Now, there's a first and second ending. Uh, both of them have different chord changes, right? They both go to uh, slightly different chord changes. So in the second ending, uh, it's changed up from what it is in the first ending. And ultimately, I resolve it to uh, the end of the song there. So you can go ahead and take a look at that if you want a little bit more of a, a analysis, I suppose. The only change I made in the chord changes to this song uh, is at the end of the second, the first ending rather, I have F sharp minor 7 B7, F minor 7, B flat 7. So I did basically a quick chromatic 2-5 into the F minor 7 to the B flat 7. Now that's actually a commonly uh, done thing in, in this song. It could happen to you. But I went ahead and added that to my actual song, which is something that you can uh, do, is you can add slight changes to the harmony um, in order to fit your melody at times. But you never want to stray too far away Um you know, Coltrane, he added his Coltrane Cycles two songs, and sometimes people call those contrafacts. Uh, we don't want to quite go that direction. We don't want to re-harm songs too much. Right now, I kind of just want you to stick with the original chord progression as closely as possible. So again, you don't have to write yours in the bebop style, but it can be um, in a more melodic fashion with simpler melodies, and that can also be quite a challenge as well. They both have their own uh, unique challenges. Okay, so here is the ultimate challenge I want you to do. I don't want you to just do this. What I want you to do is write your your contrafact 
And then in the comment section below on, on the post for this website on LearnJazzStandards.com, leave a video of you playing your contrafact. Uh, if you need a play-along, Learn Jazz Standards has lots of play-alongs that you can use um, for this. But, but play it, or you can just go ahead and uh, play it by yourself. And if you'd like, you can even leave the notation, you know, uh, attach an image of the notation in your comment. But would love to hear your contrafacts here. Love to see what you've done. Uh, this is a community. We're all about sharing with each other and helping each other grow as jazz musicians. So that is jazz challenge number one. Write your own contrafact. Right, that's all for today's episode. That's all for our first jazz challenge, jazz challenge number one. And love to see your contrafacts in the comments section. Very uh, curious, very excited to see what uh, you've done with some jazz standards and some different song forms. So be sure to participate and leave those below. And remember, if you're interested in the 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing course, we have a link to a page that talks more about this e-course uh, on the show notes, in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. We're very excited about this course. It's going to be released in October 2016. So make sure you check this out. And remember that uh, for our first round, we're only uh, allowing the first 30 people to um, to purchase the course when they get notified. And you can only get notified by signing up from the page in the show notes. So be sure to do that. And remember, if you get value out of today's podcast episode, consider adding value back. Uh, you can leave us uh, a, a monthly, one-time, or annual donation by clicking the support button if you're on the website or go to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. And next week, we're going to be coming out with episode number 27 of the LJS podcast, and we'll see you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.